Chris, you're not going to believe the price Belarus Air wanted for Blue Bull's fucking ticket. $3,000 to get back to New York. Get the fuck out of here. There's got to be a better way to get him back. Well, uh, I think you're right. I had something on my mind, and uh, I wanted to run it by you, pal. Hmm. Well, what do you got for me? Well, you know how uh, carry-ons are no extra cost, and uh, he's obviously not going to be able to fit in one of those, so I was thinking maybe uh, I use this chainsaw I have on me to, uh, you know, make him a little smaller. I mean, he is a statue that only talks to us, so I figured once the plane takes off, we take him out of the overhead compartment and put him back together. By then, it's too fucking late. They can't charge us for shit. I like where your head's at. All right, pal, here goes nothing. All right, Chris, uh, just play cool, bud. A bag for you, a bag for me. Let's roll. Welcome to Belarus Airlines. If you have a carry-on, please place it in the overhead compartment now. This just... fucking bag's heavy. <laughs> bud, please, please, don't, don't, don't draw any attention to us. Just put the thing up there in the overhead compartment. Ugh. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Got it. All right, got it, got it. All right, but I told you, this would be smooth sailing. Don't worry, Blue, we'll get you out of here, and you will be good as new by the time we get back to New York. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please return to your seat and fasten your seatbelts, as we will be experiencing some turbulence. Thank you. Shit! Oh, fuck. Oh, my God! Dude, this is bad fucking turbulence. God, I hope the compartment holds. Holy shit. Dude, bands are falling all over the place. Chris, oh my god, Blue Bull's head just rolled down the fucking aisle! number 26 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, I know that you just got back from a softball game, bud, so you must be tired, but I'm going to ask anyway. How are you? Good, I guess. I... I don't know. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Buddy, that did not sound too good. But now, uh, let me ask you a quick question, pal, uh, while I got you here. I noticed that uh, you like playing softball. Um, I have a few balls here. Would you like to play a game? Judging by the tone of... <laughs> I'll fucking pass. Dude. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. But we have to catch a red eye tonight. We are leaving and we're going back to New York finally after this illustrious tour that has taken us from Norway to Ireland. Finally, tonight we're in Belarus. So, bud, we have to stay fucking tight on our schedule. Now, with that said, let's get into uh, the bullshit of what happened in our week. So, uh, pal, I think you remember how I told you I was going to the beach last week. Mm -hmm. And the beach ended up like it always ends up for me, Chris, in a terrible fucking way. You know, people always long for the beach and everybody loves the fucking beach. And until you get the outsider like myself 
who hates the fucking beach. First off, I'm fucking bone white. There's always an incident where I'm getting fucking burnt, and that's generally on the first day of the visit to the beach on vacation, so it ruins the rest of my fucking time. As you recall, I was only there for a few times, Chris, so you think, how, how could anything have possibly gone wrong? Well, buddy, let me fucking tell you, my uh, 10-year-old son had to go take a piss, so I had to walk him a block <laughs> to go use the bathroom, <laughs> and my man, I did not put my shoes, fucking sandals back on, whatever. I... Came back with three huge fucking blisters on my feet from the fucking heat. Uh, going to the beach, if you go into the water, first of all, your day is ruined. It's, You're like, it's over. Salty, the sand that gets all it. Nothing is worse than setting foot in the car after going to the beach. Dude, that, that's what I told Lara. She wanted, like, so we were there for two nights, and she said, well, the third day was, you know, we had this Airbnb, so. We'll check out, leave her all shit, and then in a car, and then go to the beach for the day, then drive home. I said, listen, no, no, first, everybody says that, it never happens. Nobody's driving anywhere with fucking sandy balls for fucking two hours. Nobody's doing it. I'm not going to go in the water. I'm not going in an outside shower thing. Because first off, you fucking stink after you get out of the water. The sand's fucking everywhere. It's in your shoes. Then you hit the fucking traffic on the way home. And it, it just makes for absolute fucking misery oh yeah and then and, and sitting in the sun just fucking sucks the life out of you you don't even have to do anything you just sit in the sun and it, and it just draws life bro i'm out so, of your body i'm so fucking I, i'm literally the color of fucking white out dude like i'm under this fucking <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm under the fucking umbrella and i still got a fucking burn i don't i don't understand how yeah. this even happened the worst burn in my opinion is on your face Oh. Because when you're trying to sleep at night and your face is so hot, you can't get comfortable. Forget it, dude. Ruined. For, for me, I'm getting hot under the under the collar here because it happened to me. Is the top of the foot? Because then, oh, we, you're putting the shoes oh on. Oh my god, you can't do anything after that. Yeah, that's kind of brutal too. So yeah, bro, I had fucking blisters all over my feet. So it finally fucking subsided. God, yesterday or the day before, but it was fucking brutal. I, I guess as a kid, when you don't give a shit, really. Because, like, whatever, like, kids will will freeze to death and they, and they won't even notice. But, like, they'll put themselves in a lot more uncomfortable conditions where they can just deal with it because, whatever, they're a kid, they're having fun. As soon as you become an adult, it's not fun anymore. No, it's, just... it's not fun. Like, I had to drag my kids out of the fucking ocean. And, like, they're darker skin, so it's like they're, they're fucking are used to it and they don't burn. It's so crazy, man. They have, like, fucking olive skin. And I, I look like I could be a stunt double in that fucking movie Powder. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got to end soon. Mercifully, this shit's coming to an end, and, and fall will be here fucking soon. But uh, I'll tell you one good thing about being down there, dude, is the fucking food. You can't touch a Jersey Shore fucking cheesesteak with that fake-ass cheese whiz. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think some people in Philadelphia might argue that. Oh, uh, well, that's true. I've never been to Philadelphia. As big of a Rocky fan I am, I've never fucking been to Philadelphia. Really? Yeah, never. Shit, even I've been to Philadelphia just once, but... I did have a Philly cheesesteak there. Did you like it? I think it was all right. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't eat Philly cheesesteaks like enough, I guess, to... My idea of a Philly cheesesteak growing up was that... What were those freezer... Uh... Steak them. That's what it is. Yes! They, oh, my God. That's what, they fuck, that's what they fucking use. And I, I was telling everybody... I forgot where the fuck I was. Uh, I was down at Derek's house on Sunday, and I got to get to that story about that fucking cigar before we get started with this story. That was that, that travesty of justice. Um... Anyway, we were talking about it. It's like, 
the cheaper shit is, the more I like it. Like, like you know, you go to these restaurants and they have fancy fucking desserts and everything. I love like the Hostess, the the fucking ring dings, the cupcakes, Twinkies. Give me that shit any day of the week. Like like the steakums, the cheese was. I love fake fucking cheap shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some things that first off, like an Oreo, like the creation of the Oreo cookie. There's just some things that are like cheap pleasures, but they're actually they're culinary delights. I have to say it, <laughs> brother. You're so you, fucking good. You have a refined palate. <laughs> Oreo cookie with two uh, percent milk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fancy. so yeah. I made it fucking back from there. So the sunburn finally fucking went away, and. I got to get a, this fucking tattoo tomorrow, and my skin's peeling, so let's see if that's going to even be able to fucking happen now, because of this shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. I I, I think I'll be all right. I'm, I'm getting it. Are you going to tell the good listeners what you're getting, or is it a uh, secret? Oh, I, maybe I'll post it tomorrow for the one or two people that, <laughs> that care, you and fucking Derek. <laughs> but, uh, oh, shit. So I was talking to Sam last week, if you remember, I talked about my friend Sam, and how his mom went to school with that fucking cannibal pedophile fucking teacher so he actually went and did an interview for us chris he interviewed his mom and got a lot of information for us oh shit awesome. he's done more he has done more research <laughs> for this fucking show than you and i have done in 26 weeks and i tell you he has some gross ass fucking information for us so i don't know how far we're gonna dig into this case but uh I'll uh, give you a little hint. It has to do with some parts of the body uh, being boiled on the stovetop. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'll leave that part for you, Chris. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fucking raunchy. So I don't know uh, how people can get to that, that point. I mean, what happens in your fucking life? I can think about my worst moment in life, and I'd still be nowhere near <laughs> have enough nerve to eat a fucking person. It's <laughs> fucking awful. And the crazy thing is now, I mean, I don't know if it's happening more now than it ever did in the past, but or it might just be like, you know, the inception of the, the fucking internet and how stories get passed around so quickly now. But, I mean, every time you're reading a story, it's about a, a fucking pedophile or, a, like, a cannibal, some fucking crazy shit that never even crossed your mind as a normal human being. Some We've done some sick episodes with involved with digging up the dead. <laughs> more, God. more more often than we should have. Fuck. Ugh. But uh yeah, Chris, I uh have some I don't know if I want to say it, uh better news. I have officially registered for the 2021 Ultra. Oh, uh when is this one? <laughs> April 24th, 2021. My man, you can guarantee <laughs> <laughs> if they cancel That's gonna get pushed. If, if they cancel that bitch I'm done. I'm done. I'm in my mind I, I I have done it. I have not backed down. This race is canceled on me twice. One more time and I'm fucking done. On your 65th birthday that you you can finally use the voucher. <laughs> I'm going to I I still have the uh the free race voucher so I got to talk to you off air about what race we're going to do because uh, yeah, uh, we got to I think we just go up there for the weekend and do the fucking uh, Canadian trifecta. They have it. Oh my god, I would love that. Right up, I think it, it, in Ontario, the Blue Mountains or whatever the fuck they're called. So they have a. a, oh, a and I, I know we. There's somebody who we should take with us. Oh, the Blue he'll be. He will be there. <laughs> he will fucking be there. Uh, by the way, Chris, did you see the new Blue Bull shirt I put up? That is the official. Absolutely amazing. That is the absolute official final fucking draft of the shirt. What happened was I was designing the shirts through like a website that makes shirts and 
Um, I'll just have to tell you what the fuck it was. Custom Ink. So they have a uh, set like uh, artwork that you can use, but the thing is you can't transfer that art. It belongs to them. So like in order for me to make the shirts elsewhere, it has to be my own art. So then I had to go and buy this shit from an artist and then put that onto the fucking shirt and all this shit. So I had to change everything up a little bit, but they are officially ours, pal. So we can move forward and sell the fuck out of these motherfuckers. Fucking awesome! I I saw, you know, you sent me a picture of it today, but like, the the, the fucking stallion that's on that thing is just. I know, man. It's fucking sick. sick. All right, Chris. Uh, why don't we? Uh, <laughs> I guess we should talk about the case. Huh? <laughs> I guess we should finally fucking do this. And so much for us being in a rush and having to catch the fucking red eye. We have already missed our flight, Chris. So, <laughs> so let's just blow through this fucking thing. <laughs> let's. Let's stick into this fucking episode, okay? So, Chris, here we are in beautiful Belarus. Can you believe it? We've made it this far. I can't believe it. We are on the last leg of our, I don't Eastern European... <laughs> where are we at? Anywhere but home. <laughs> the our Anywhere but home tour. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, dig into this one, Chris. And if I recall, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, this is going to be our first story with a happy fucking ending? Now I gotta think. Yeah, I think I can't think of an either someone dies, someone's missing, or someone's dug up. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> yes. Yes. This is our first. Yes. This 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 story. I truly think that this story is going to put a smile on your face. So uh, let's get going, Chris. You know that we're traditionalists. So uh, here we go again, bud. This time we're going back to 1999. We just can't stay away from the fucking 90s. To be more exact, we're going back to October of 99. Ooh. Yeah. And unfortunately, the story starts off a little bit uh, dark. Because that's when four-year-old Julia... I'm going to say Julia. Because Chris, in Belarusian, they would use the term Julia with a Y. So how do you like that? Oh. Yeah, so, Look at you. Know, fuck it, I'm going to go uh, traditional Belarus fucking uh, name. Uh, Yulia Masinko. So our story starts on a train. Julia and her father were headed from Minsk, which is, let me lay a little knowledge on you, Chris, the capital and most populated city in Belarus. I say Chris... <laughs> Chris, Chris, I did not get that from Wikipedia, please. That's just first-hand knowledge. Well. Everything seems normal as could be, right? A father and a daughter on a train. But this is where the story takes a bizarre twist. Apparently, the dad had a drink and he fell asleep. Now, to his dismay, when he fucking woke up, he was covered in blood. And that wasn't even the worst part, okay? He was covered in fucking blood. There was blood all over the place. And, worse than that, his daughter was gone, Chris. Did he have a drink or did he have a keg? Well, that's what, that's what we're getting into because <laughs> how we're, we're going to get into that <laughs> when we get into like what we fucking think happened because, I mean, there's definitely uh, some some parts of the story that do not make any sense. Like, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, did we have a drink or did we drink a fucking uh, a barrel of fucking vodka? Vodka. Yeah. Uh, first of all. I guess I don't know where he would have went with his four-year-old daughter that he would have even been able to get a drink, but... I get maybe they just stopped at, maybe they just stopped at a bar or, I mean, a restaurant and had something to eat, or... I mean, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Maybe he had a flask on him. 
That's possible. I mean, I, I my question would be, how deep of a sleep could you have been in that you you were not awoken by the events that caused there to be blood all over your shirt? Is what I'm wondering. <laughs> you did not wake up from the beating. Well, that, that's what makes me think that, and we'll get into this later, but the drink doesn't make any sense. So either he had gotten to a drunken fucking stupor and caused a fight and got his ass whooped or some shit like that and then woke up and she was gone, or this guy was drugged by somebody putting That's something possible. in his drink, or he was just fucking attacked. Maybe he did just have the one drink and he got fucking attacked by somebody on this train. Possible kidnappers. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that shit is pretty scary. More so if you're probably like a little bit, like if she was a little bit older, like early teens or something like that, that's when like shit over there, forget it. You don't even know like these fucking, um, dude, the sex trafficking is fucking sex trafficking. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere, bro. I was reading. That's freaky. Even here. uh, I just read a stat yesterday. One third of all sex trafficking that takes place in the United States comes right out of Texas. That's just because they got the U S and Mexican border there so you make it across that border you're pretty much home fucking free what's interesting enough here is that we come to find out that this is a border issue as well because the train that she was on actually went from belarus to russia where she was ultimately found but uh we'll get into that in just a little bit chris because the police just like us upon hearing the news were a little bit suspect of uh dad and uh i mean who wouldn't be when you're covered in blood and your kid's fucking missing? So they uh, go through, and and luckily at this time, there was fucking DNA testing. So they were able to analyze the blood stains, and it ruled him out, apparently because it wasn't her blood. But, I mean, they never say, was, was it? it? <laughs> was it his blood? Whose fucking blood was it? <laughs> Did he kill somebody? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this guy got away with murder. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's pretty crazy. I mean, obviously... Uh, who knows if they didn't mention anything i'd be a little more concerned if it wasn't his blood and it, it wasn't her blood um <laughs> then how the fuck that happened but but that's what they say they uh like he says that he can't recall any events leading up to her, like uh, getting into a fight or anything of that nature i mean that's always weird to me I mean i've been fucking drunk before and i i i know people get blackout drunk but i always fucking remember what i do yeah, I've, I've never gotten to the point. And sometimes I, I, more, sometimes I don't want to remember, but I fucking do. <laughs> I think it's I think it depends on on the person because I've I've known people who almost every time they would drink they would black out, and it, it's not like they they needed to drink a lot. It was just they were just susceptible to blacking out and forgetting. And what do they do? Shit and piss their pants? What happened? <laughs> I don't know, but like to me. Why would you ever want to go out and drink if you know that almost every time you go out and drink, you're going to black out? Then you're not going to know what the fuck you did or yeah. what happened to you. Like, I mean, it's not even get fun. It. Like, fucking control no. yourself, fucking animal. No. So, I mean, either either that's the way he was or maybe, like you said, maybe he was drugged. I mean, people that are drugged legitimately can't can't place their 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 location or anything. They, they just can't remember anything. You know, like, that's... that's well, I would have been interested to know if he still had his identification and money on him because I actually had a friend that was fucking drugged uh, believe it or not in Poughkeepsie at what was the name of the place that we saw Third Eye Blind in The Chance 
So he was yeah. he was fucking drinking there one night. I mean, it's not funny. So somebody, why? But why am I yelling at myself? I'm the, one, laugh. I'm the one laughing. Anyway, he, you know, had one or two drinks and found himself outside in the parking lot, out cold, and with everything, his coat, fucking wallet, phone, everything gone, stolen from him. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, he believes that he was fucking drugged. I mean, which would... He produce, must have been. Yeah. That's crazy because, like, all it takes is for... I mean, obviously, you think that most of the times that that woman would be the target, but... If somebody sees you and, like, you know, they see how you're dressed and they think, you know, we're talking about professionals. They could tell, like, if you're wearing a coat that's expensive, like designer shoes or anything, that they know that they might be able to get a good, you know, score out of something. And then they'll, you get a crowd of people, you're not seeing where everyone's going, and somebody easily slips something into your drink, and then they monitor you the whole night. Think about that. They're watching you the whole night. And waiting for you to leave, and then waiting for you to, to pass out. That's the creepiest fucking part. They're, they're like, yeah, they're, it's sick. Yeah, let's get back to this fucking guy for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from all accounts, the police did what they were supposed to do. They followed protocol. They fucking immediately started a search for this little girl. And, you know, what the crazy thing is here, we don't know how much time was lost from the time the father fucking woke up to the next stop that he realized that his daughter was missing so they don't give us that information of how long he was actually out and you gotta remember she's on a moving fucking train you know she she is not stopped you know so that train just continues right through man and like i said that train fucking runs through belarus and into russia which borders fucking belarus to uh the north northeast i believe you got to imagine, after they get this information and they finally start their search, this poor little fucking kid is long gone. And long gone, 500 kilometers away. It's fucking insane, dude. That's just an incredible amount of distance in a short period of time. So, like, the mother's there and she's handing out photos and trying to fucking, you know, monitor the train stations in her area, thinking that, you know, she had to eventually get off at a local stop, but she didn't. She never got off the fucking thing. She's at these trade stations handing out fucking, you know, missing posters. Meanwhile, the kid's already in fucking Russia. And it became so fucking difficult for the mom and dad as well. You know, imagine the guilt that he must have felt that they moved out of their house because it was located too close to a fucking train station. I got this from a Russia Beyond article. I believe that's the name of it. And the mom said, and I quote, I could no longer watch the trains. We moved to a place that had no train station anywhere near it. So, I mean, you can imagine the post-traumatic fucking stress that she would have. Imagine knowing that your daughter went missing on a train and you're living next to a fucking train station and you have to deal with hearing the sound over and over and over again and you just cannot forget it. You know, that that sound of the fucking train rolling in probably brings you right back to that fucking moment. So, I mean, it makes sense that she would leave, but then on the flip side, you would have to say, well, I mean, it's a four-year-old girl. She might have a memory of how to get back to her home. So if you fucking move, she will might never be able to find you again. Right. This is the thing I don't understand. All right. This is, this is almost 2000. This girl goes missing. She's four, right? She could speak. She's, she, she has a name that she knows. I just still don't get it. I don't get how she wasn't located. She ended up being found in Russia, and she was found with a man and a woman, right? And apparently they were squatters. 
basically homeless and she was living in this abandoned house when she was located by the police. They saw that she was pretty much in a dire straits there, so they took her into custody and I don't know what the fuck ever happened to the man and woman that were with her because they seem to just disappear from the fucking story. So the Russian police get a hold of Yulia and they ask her some questions like, where the fuck are you from? What's your mother's name? What's your dad's name? So she was able to remember her mom's name and her dad's name, right? But I don't know if she completely knew her how to say her full last name or how to relay the information of where she was from. Because sometimes yes. kids, I mean, at four years old, I mean, maybe she just turned four. So, like, I remember going through this and trying to teach my kids when they were younger, you know, their address, what town they live in, my name phone number and then you start that probably around three four and sometimes you got to push it into five and keep fucking reiterating that so i mean if she was just turning four years old i could see how she might not have that information ingrained in her head so what's odd to me is like i mean i'm assuming that there's a different accent for people that live in belarus compared to a russian accent right so like i mean i don't know if you fucking know that am i am i wrong is it all the same fucking i know they i know know she even she even says that she was surprised that they didn't pick up her belarusian accent oh okay because i was thinking they i i thought that they speak mostly russian in belarus that's what i read i'd 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 imagine that makes sense, but still, you're going to have, like, a different dialect, probably. Well, like, they're so fucking landlocked. I mean, they're landlocked with Poland, Ukraine, Russia. So, I mean, you, you're right. You, you know, the closer to these borders you are, the, the dialect probably changes. Yeah, like, even even within, well, even in the U.S., but even in, like, uh, you go to Spain, like, you have, like, Catalonian, you have, like, all different types of dialects just in the same country. Like, so... Chris, when did, when did we become linguistics experts? I like this. <laughs> yeah, she said she was surprised that they they didn't place her for Belarusian instead of, you know, thinking that she might be in, in Russia. But I still call bullshit, though. I'm still... Well, it doesn't make sense, man, because she... What about up... a picture? Well, when you display <laughs> pictures of missing people? I mean, because we're not talking 1950 here, bro. This is, this is yeah. for all intents and purposes... This is fucking the year 2000, okay? So, I, I mean, I think even cell phones were around, right? At this time, computers, all this other shit was yes. around. So, what's weird is, so she ends up in this town, uh, Ryazan, Russia, okay? And, oh. yeah. And that's, uh, I think, 600 plus miles from Minsk, where she initially boarded the fucking train. So, I mean, dude, you could forget about it, you know? Like, I mean, that's essentially from us here in New York going down through fucking basically ended up in Virginia. That's a fucking long way from home. What's weird here is that she had a library book, right? A, this this book was stamped from a library in the town uh, next to this Ryazan. So how the fuck did she get that? How did she get back to the fucking train station? Because initially she was with a man and woman and they were squatting in a place. And now she's back at the train station with a book taken from the fucking library. And that's what threw the fucking cops off is that she had this little book, but it was from a Russian library from a neighboring town, not from a fucking Belarusian library like you would fucking think. Right. So that's fucking weird. Think about it in the U.S. I mean, I'm sure things are different over there, but think about it in the U.S. If, I guess, if you crossed countries, it's obviously different. I mean, it's not like someone going from New York to Virginia is a little different if it's in the same country, but 
even still, like, where you're so close to other countries, if someone goes missing in the U.S., yeah, you're probably going to look in the U.S. unless you're near a border. But if you're in, like, Belarus, your your likelihood of the, the kid making it to another country is very high, which, right, could be rightfully scary because they could probably be zipped off to wherever and you wouldn't hear about them again. But still, if you're looking for somebody and you have a picture of the person, you have the kid's name. The kid knows her parents' name. How do you not connect the dots here? I mean, yeah, I you... I don't get it. Like, I, I, I understand, like, you know, we, we're dealing with different countries, but they're right fucking next to each other, you know? And I, even though yeah. it was 600 miles, so we're going to come to find out how <laughs> this story was unraveled and uh, the pieces were put together, and it's very fucking simple how it happens. So it makes no sense why it, it took 20 fucking years. But before... We get all pissed off, Chris. Let's uh, continue down here. So the now, where was I? She's at the train station. She has a little book in her hand. The police don't know what the fuck to think, right? She's given the names of the mom and dad, and uh, she doesn't know her last name, doesn't know the town she's from, so they think she's Russian. They don't know what to do. So what they do is bring her to a center for children, obviously, and I'm assuming it's like, you know, like an orphanage or some shit like that, yeah. or like a processing center for missing and exploited fucking children. So this is uh, this is a little bit of uh, fate intervening, Chris. And I don't know if you're a believer or not, but this is kind of weird. She's in this fucking center, and they're trying to figure out what orphanage to send her to. I guess that's what they do over there. They have this processing center, and then try to f- send you off to various uh, places throughout the fucking country. But luckily for Julia, and she finally catches a fucking break here. This uh woman walks in by the name of oh i'm gonna give it a shot buddy irina alpatova and uh apparently she was a pharmacist that lived in this town of ryazan this is a bizarre little uh coincidence because she had a, a son right that was born with uh pretty bad health issues and she made a promise to herself that if he survived this illness or whatever condition he had that she would adopt the child and save another child. So lo and behold, he fucking did. And uh, luckily for Julia, he fucking did. And uh, she headed right down to that fucking holding pen area, right? For lack of a better word. And she said that she is absolutely willing to adopt a child right then and there. So, I mean, I don't know what the process of adoption is over there. It's not like it is here where you got to spend $3 million and it takes nine fucking years to to get a kid, right? Unless you're Natalie Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that? Oh my God. That is one you don't want to fucking adopt. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, they pointed her in the direction of Julia. This woman says, and I quote, I never had to make a choice. Since then, she has been living with us. So on that fateful fucking day in 1999, Julia went to live with uh, the Albatovas. And luckily for her, because they were a very stable family, they took her in and it changed the course of her life from, you know, obviously from the events that took her away from her dad and her, you know, original family, but fate intervening and getting her away from whoever fucking took her, whoever she was staying with and squatting with. And luckily, you know, she was found by Irina before she got shipped the fuck out to another part of the country and who God knows what could have happened to her. That I totally agree. Especially, like we were saying, if she got caught in the wrong establishment or something that didn't properly take care of her, 
yeah, she could have went down a very bad road. She, the, the fact that she even made it to, like, an orphanage-type place um, is great in itself, even though I, I'm still beyond me how it, it got that far. But So she is taken great care of, which is, if you're a parent that's truly looking for your missing daughter and haven't seen her in 20 years, you, you don't know if you're ever going to see her, th- this is the best possible scenario, right? You'd want your daughter... At the very least, if she's still alive, you'd want her to be raised right and properly. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is, you know, the best scenario that... Well, that yeah, best scenario. You're absolutely right. Best case scenario. And the the, the great thing that I, Irina did was that they were upfront with Julia. So they didn't lie to her and say that, you know she was theirs and they were up front with her right away they found how they found her and you know they tried to help her recall fucking memories that she had and what's weird is that i'm gonna go back and forth because now i'm gonna now i'm feeling a little belarusian yulia yeah yulia said that she remembers being with a man and a woman for that brief time when she first arrived in russia in ryazan right i don't i, I guess that's how you fucking say it she has these memories but like we often say with children and you know just the sheer length of time from you know memory recall things change or you can manipulate things in your mind to make them be kind of the way that you wanted them to be julia parlayed this information um to irena and said that she believes that the people that she was staying with in these abandoned houses and shit she thought that those were her real parents and she felt like they didn't want her so she went through her early childhood into her teens and early adulthood believing that her parents abandoned her she did not know that they were actually out there looking for her you could understand how she would think that that was obviously her fucking parents you know especially if it's a man and a woman four-year-old kid you don't know any better but even the foster parents were trying to help her find her parents i just don't see how they don't find each other yeah but you know and i was suspect too but like i'm i'm found this quote from Yulia's biological mom and she said that and this is in 2017 so this is two years prior to her being found she says i just keep looking for her and she would be 22 years old now so she was out there and saying these things and continuously looking for her i don't think that the mom had anything to do with this so if we're going to look at any suspicious person in Yulia's family, I, I guess he would obviously, like the police did, initially look at the dad. But it was found out that he had nothing to do with this either. So, you know, you can imagine these people are all fucking suffering, right? You know, like, so you can have all the suspicion in the world. We're not privy to what actually fucking happened. But, uh, so you have a whole family fucking suffering. They're looking for her daughter. She says she wasn't really looking for her parents because she felt that they abandoned her. But I'm sure she would, uh, you know, every now and then take a look just out of curiosity to try to find them right i guess partially because and and they actually mentioned that that as recently as 2017 that prior to reopening the case the parents had to take lie detector tests lie detector tests are fucking bullshit anyway they're they're they are inadmissible so like if you're a conniver and you're fucking calm and keep your heart rate calm you could pass the fucking thing but if you're a lunatic like me who's always fucking nervous and anxious I'll just fucking admit to it. Something I didn't even do. <laughs> just from fucking sheer nerves alone. This is 18 years after she went missing. Like, Because it seems to me like they wanted the case reopened, right? Unless the police department was pushing for the case to be reopened. I guess the case must have been open because, you know, like... If it says 2017, I think. Yeah, so, I mean... So you figure that would still only be, what, 
18 years, I mean, there, there are still cold cases. Look at the fucking uh, the case we did last week with uh, Mary Boyle. That's been open since 1977. So, yeah. you know, the, the, these cases, especially when it pertains to children, they generally don't close them in because that would just be bad uh, public uh, view of the police department as well. So, Chris, like, as we said, the police uh, were doing their due diligence, as we always say, and the family's looking for her. They don't know what the fuck to do. Nobody's getting any answers. Uh, and then finally, we uh, catch a break in the case, and I think that break comes from Julia's boyfriend. He must have done something very crazy to get some answers, am I right? Chris? If by crazy you mean that he went on to Google and typed train and girl... And my man, she popped up right away. <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? What do you mean? Nobody ever would have thought to search those. So those this words. fucking kid goes on to uh, Google, right? And he uh, types in, as Chris said, the words girl and train. Okay, now I'm going to do my best here, but I'm going for it. I'm going to say this in, uh, I guess it's Russian, right? He typed in uh, girl, or shall I say, the zhwushka, and uh, train, buzzed. So yeah, Chris, uh, I mean, luckily for my man, uh, the boyfriend, and his name is I-L-Y-A, Ayla. So, I mean, this guy just went in there and, and typed in girl and train, and apparently this whole story came out right in front of his fucking eyes. Now, Chris, uh, can you do me a favor while I'll have you in front of your computer? Can you type in uh, girl and train Oh, that does not sound good. Uh, girl <laughs> and train for me. Uh, let's see what we got here. And Fever? You are feverishly <laughs> typing away. My man, there is a 2016 film called The Girl on the Train. Is this based? On, was, is it based on her life? Nope. It has nothing to do with her, her life. Oh wait, I think I might have seen that. Is that about an affair? Is with Emily Blunt. I don't know who the fuck that is, but there was, I think there was a movie about a girl on a train, and I think it took place around here. It was supposed to take place, like, in Westchester and shit, and she was having, well, we're getting her, of course, but she was having a fucking affair, and I think they killed somebody at the end of it or something. Uh, this is, Rachel tells the authorities what she thinks she saw after learning that Megan is now missing and feared dead. Yes, that is the one. So, yeah, that was pretty decent. I remember seeing that. That obviously is not based on uh, Yulia's life. Maybe, maybe the search's results were different in, uh... 2019. So he had to obviously type in something a little. We probably put like her fucking name, Yulia, and then girl missing on train. I, I don't know. And then maybe by putting her name in, that led to that 2017 interview with the family. And that's how they connected the fucking dots. Yeah, I mean, it's tough now to even try to compare that because now when you search, it just talks about how she was found. So yeah, it's going to be all over the internet. I don't know. I have my feelings. But what about what, what, Chris? Hold on a second, Chris. <laughs> what about the reunion? God, I said this was a happy ending. Well, why are you being so so such a a vile and and uh, and dark spirited tone to your voice? I don't like it. So the search comes up with an article about a girl that went missing on a train. And Yulia's reading this, and she's saying that from what her vague memory was of the day she went missing, that this sounded very familiar to her. That's basically where this thing takes off, and they make contact, and uh, poof, they are reunited with their biolog her biological... Uh, 
I mean, Belarusian. That, that simple, yeah. dude. Like, so I mean, you're expecting this monumental fucking case cracker as to how they were able to unravel all this information. The fucking boyfriend went, went and Googled a few fucking words and all of a sudden all this information on her came up. You got to wonder, what would the fucking reunion be like? Because obviously, Yulia is holding on to a little bit of resentment in her own head, thinking that she was abandoned by these people. And then now she's reading this information saying that she was lost and went missing on this train. So the whirlwind that must be going on inside of her fucking head has to be fucking insane. So, you know, they then move forward and decide to have this reunion, as we said. And what's interesting is to see how the dad would react, right? Because, you know, obviously the guilt he must have felt having been drunk and woken up or attacked, whatever the fuck, he was the last one with her and she's gone. So obviously that guilt that you would have through all those years, you know, thinking worst case scenario that your daughter's probably dead and whatnot, this guy actually fell to his fucking knees and just kept apologizing. And he could barely speak, apparently. He just cried and cried and cried. I, I don't know, man. So, I mean, obviously, for me, I don't think that you could kind of fake that reaction with your daughter. I mean, I, I, I think that would be such an innate reaction. That mixed with the, the obvious guilt that he had. I mean, it seemed like pretty a pretty fucking pure reaction there. Here's one little fucking uh, tidbit that I... I meant to say earlier so <laughs> so we have our suspicions about the dad right so apparently uh yulia contacted him on social media so i don't know instagram facebook or maybe they have some other shit over there and uh he <laughs> he didn't respond initially <laughs> he didn't fucking he didn't respond so i mean i can uh, I'm, I'm hoping i'm giving this guy i keep giving this guy the benefit of the doubt I'm hoping that he thought that it was a scam and he was somehow being, you know, protecting himself from being a victim of some sort of fucking bullshit scam. That's the best I could fucking do for him. Like I said, the father didn't respond, but he must have shared the information with his other children and his wife and his other daughter because uh, Yulia then got a phone call from her biological sister. Now, imagine this shit. I mean, it's like his sister's gone for 20 years. I mean, you obviously think, She's probably fucking dead, and here you're talking to her all of a sudden. The sister handed the phone to the mom, and the mom just kept crying and weeping. And she said to Yulia, please thank your adoptive parents for us, you know, that they took such good care of her. So, I mean, you think about what kind of mind fuck that is, too, for the parents as well. So, I mean, this is your child. You raise them to the age of four, goes missing, and they basically created this whole new life with new parents. So, I mean, then they come back into your life Two decades later, I don't even know how your mind even processes something like that. You're right. I mean, like, now what happens? You know, do you go with your biological parents at this point? I mean, if you were younger and of age where you still had to live with a guardian, yeah, I, I, I believe that that's what would happen. But here, Yulia uh, was actually a grown woman with a kid of her own. So, you know, to answer your question, Chris, she ended up staying in Russia in this town of Ryazan. So, I mean, and you can imagine why, because she has, first of her, her boyfriend, her kid, her adoptive parents, and all the friends and shit she's made through the years of being in school and in college there, and her career's fucking there. So, like, I mean, it'd be awkward to kind of, like, give all that shit up to go back to your biological parents, who you really don't fucking know. I mean, it'd be like getting lost all fucking over again. At least, you know, she's within this, what, 600-mile 
radius, we said. So she stays in contact with them daily and can make frequent visits. I mean, I'm assuming via the same fucking train she went missing on. I mean, that kind of makes sense that she would stay put. I guess, right? I mean, I don't know. It's a fucked up situation. Given the situation where, you know, I mean, a lot of people have probably been put in adoption agents, adoption agencies and foster homes, and they go seeking their biological parents. And, you know, in most cases, you don't find something you like, or they did it intentionally. They gave you up for adoption intentionally because at the time they, the mother or, or the parents didn't have the means so they say to take care of you so you could rightfully so see how if someone found their biological parents they might not you know they might just be like oh i found them i just wanted to know who they were and then you kind of keep distant contact but here is a totally different scenario the, the, the parents so they say lost her and were act- actively seeking her for 20 years and then you you're finally reunited so like catching up on those lost years to begin with yeah it's a mind fuck I wonder how suspicious she is of not having been found when her boyfriend was able just to go and Google a couple of words and Google, you know, girl train, four-year-old girl missing, and immediately came up, you know? I mean... She doesn't seem suspicious. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, it's just a weird fucking thing because, I, I like we said, she had some resentment thinking that they abandoned her. And I'm guessing maybe that's the reason she wasn't searching online for this. Maybe she wanted to move forward and forget about that. But uh, I don't know, man. That's The whole fucking thing is weird and just something doesn't fucking add up. But uh, let's talk about what we think, Chris. I mean, I'm going to go... I, I, I could see you stewing. I, I, I know. I could, I could feel you stewing. I, I, I know you have some, some negativity coming our way. But let me put a positive spin on this, right? Because... I'm a positive guy, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God! All right, so my uh, my my thinking is that this father either drank way more, and I mean way fucking more than he let on about having one drink. And I would love to get the toxicology report if they had fucking done one on him. I'm not sure. And uh, got himself into some fucking trouble, like you said, blackout drunk, and maybe. Somebody thought that he wasn't fit to take care of the child. Maybe he was acting crazy, so they tried to get her safety, and she ran. I don't know, something like that. Or the father was drugged and something was put into that drink, passed out, and this was a planned event and a kidnapping. Or the other scenario would be just a random attack on this train. Like Maybe somebody saw Julia and wanted her for some kind of like trafficking like we said and attacked the dad hit him on the fucking head knocked him out whatever wakes up she's gone he's covered in blood and you know when i look at it i don't think that the dad purposely lost her or set her up in any situation to be taken if he wasn't drugged and they don't mention of anything about him possibly being drugged all they mention is that he had a drink i just don't get how you have a drink and then you wake up with blood on you and not knowing what the fuck happened like, did he drink a bottle of vodka? Like, I'm just having so much trouble trying to figure out how he wakes up the way he did, not knowing what happened. And then 20 years go by, and the way that she gets found is she finds them. But her boyfriend typing in train and girl. Maybe it is just one of those fluke cases out there, which is why this is getting so much press, or, or got so much press, because of, of how insane the circumstances were but i just don't i don't buy how 
two loving parents cannot possibly find their daughter who's a mere 600 miles away where she's been for 20 years. She hasn't moved. She's been in Ryzen forever. Ever since she was first taken there by the police, that's where she's been. I don't know what happened, uh, but I do know that they are reunited and everybody seems happy and healthy, Chris. This is our first happy fucking ending. Now, hold on a second, buddy. That's right. Four times, Chris. Four times. Wow. Yes. Hooray. (laughs) So that's it, guys. You draw your own fucking conclusions. What can I tell you? Pal, let's go. Our fucking plane is waiting for us. It is time for us to get the fuck out of here and go back to New York. Oh, thank God. But, Chris, before I do that, let me give the rundown because... I mean, I'm getting fucking messages left and right now on this fucking Instagram thing, and a couple wow. new, yeah, a couple new followers. No, it's nice. So I'm gonna get the rundown. Uh, uh, the the Facebook thing, I don't know. Between the cracks, fucking podcast Facebook. I don't even look at the thing. I'm not on the thing. I don't give a shit. Don't we don't even go to the page. It sucks. Facebook fucking blows. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can write us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. or you can get in touch with us at uh between the cracks podcast on instagram message us there it's the easiest way to get in touch with us we'll write you back right and uh if you guys get a chance leave us five fucking stars on the apple uh podcast thing and you got to write something too if you can just you can say you're taking a shit it doesn't matter just need the five stars <laughs> and a few words to get it to go to show you can, up. You can even call us trash yes five stars. yes <laughs> these guys fucking suck so bad they smell like garbage five stars stars. that's all we need and it helps us go up in uh the uh the rankings and helps us be found so who fucking knows do what you can so do we even want to be found yeah i don't (laughs) (laughs) and and then if the chart is any history oh chris i forgot to say we're number 85 in fucking hong kong bud ah that's right yes but uh if history uh uh serves as any indicator we will be off the charts before we fucking wake up in the morning (laughs) But uh, with that said, that's all I have to say, pal. Uh, You got anything on your mind? No. I'm done here. (laughs) Yes. All right. So with that said, Chris and I bid you the fondest. Oh, farewell. How old was her sister when she went missing? Oh, Jesus Christ. Was she even alive? I don't know. Oh, yes. It was her older sister. It was her older sister. Okay. Uh, so. Lay it so. on. Lay it on us, Chris. <laughs> Hold on. Ah, uh, never. You douchebag. So that's it, guys. You draw your own fucking clue. Oh, my God. Uh, we, have, we have already missed our. We've, oh, my stupid fuck. Ah, oh, come on, you piece of shit. Oh, yes. Chris, you're not going to believe the... Chris, you're not going to believe the... Oh, y'all, come on, no. <laughs> Chris, you're not going to believe the... No, go ahead. One. Chris, you want to respond? I say. <laughs> I declare, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Chris, all right, here we go. One, two, three.